Hey everyone, I'm Amy Connell. Thanks for tuning in to Lessons to My Teenage Self, a Christ-centered, diet culture-free show about all things health for teen girls and young women. This is the shortcut you need to thrive in your physical, mental, and spiritual health. As a personal trainer and nutrition coach, I'm passionate about empowering you to find your best version of health. Each week, we dig into one topic that I wish I had known as a teen. Typically, I like to start these out with a story, but I don't have a specific story because this has happened so much in my life that I can't really even pick one out. I think it's just because it's a running theme. It's like as someone is saying, well, what did you have for breakfast yesterday? Probably you can't remember because you don't, it happens so often you don't think about it. So this is one of those situations. It has happened so often. I don't think about it. And that is, and I'm wondering if this resonates, if this sounds familiar, you go out to dinner or to lunch with a bunch of friends or people you care about and you just get whatever you want on the menu and maybe you get a a piece of big chocolate cake to share or dessert to share and you've had appetizers and you go out and you're just having so much fun and you're laughing and then you come home smiling about the night and then you get up the next day and you think, well, I got to work that off. I now, I had so much to eat that I need to just, I need to burn off everything that I just ate. Now, if you've been with me, you hopefully heard the episode about there are no good foods and bad foods. And if not, I hope you go listen to that again. So if not, I would like to remind you that there are no good foods and bad foods. All foods provide energy. Now we do need to listen to our body. We need to eat when we're hungry. We need to stop when we're satiated, when we've had enough, but there are no good foods and bad foods. So go look back and listen to that if you need a refresher. Having said that, let's go back to that situation. Let's just say that you have gone to a restaurant that you love with your friends for dinner. So I'd actually like to pull apart some of the benefits of the night before, before we talk about working off that dinner, working off that chocolate cake. One of the benefits to me, one of the greatest benefits is that laughter. Laughter is so good. I mean, I don't know about you. I love to laugh and I will laugh at the goofiest things. And just as a side note, like I have the worst potty humor in my house and I have two boys and a husband but I will laugh. I have, I find that kind of stuff hysterical for some reason, not crude, but just kind of potty humor. I love getting together with friends and I don't know about you, but like I have some friends whom I laugh more with. I know if I'm with them for an extended period of time, there will probably come a time that I am laughing so hard that I have tears coming out of my eyes. And I love that. That's the best feeling. One of the things that our body does when we laugh like that with these good friends is it releases oxytocin. Now, do not confuse that with oxycotton. Different, same, same beginning, different last part. So oxytocin is often referred to as the love hormone or a bonding hormone. So it's a hormone that's released in many different situations. One of them is when we laugh. That hormone, what it does is it's associated with social bonding and trust and just in general positive social interactions. So laughing 
will release that bonding hormone, that love hormone. And this honestly, I mean, like the simple way of saying it is it, it just makes us feel good. And it gives us those positive reinforcements. The other thing that our make believe, but really for real situation of going out to dinner with friends and laughing and enjoying it is it provides us connection. We are in a lonely crisis right now. So many people are lonely and this may not be news to you, but if you are listening, you're probably in Gen Z and Gen Z is described right now as the loneliest generation there ever was. There are a lot of different reasons for this. Some of it is the online atmosphere that we have. We are not getting together with our friends as much and instead we're connecting online, which has a place, but it's not intended to be the only way that we connect with others. So I won't get into that too much. One of the things I love is when we have these statistics, like Gen Z is the loneliest generation, and then we can find scripture that coincides with it, or it supports it. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Now this was written as encouragement from Paul to the church in Thessalonia. And there he's trying to encourage them to continue getting together. Obviously, back then, they didn't have TikTok or Instagram to do that. And so they had to get together in person. And that's so good. It's so good for our heart and our soul for that connection, for that opportunity to have that oxytocin. The other verse I love is in Proverbs 27, 9, that says perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. I am so fortunate to have dear, dear friends, and many of them are relationships I have made in person, but not all of them continue to be in person. So I have a lot of college girlfriends who I still keep in touch with, but I don't get to see them but once a year or so, but we'll still schedule walk and talks. That's my big thing that I like to do, or we'll be intentional about connecting, but we still had that foundation of being together and learning and learning about each other when we were in person in college. So let's go to the second part of our story of the next morning when we wake up and think, ah, oh, I got to work all of that off. Okay, this is where I really wish I understood how harmful that mindset of working off dessert, working off a meal, working off whatever is. So let's go through that in a couple different ways. One of them is working off anything will hurt your relationship with food and exercise. I say exercise, another word to say it is movement, it kind of depending on how you feel about moving your body that can have a different story, or it can connect with you in different ways. For some people, it's positive. For other people's it's like you're just thinking about that, that coach that middle school coach who told you you had to run until you threw up like that kind of thing. Like, no, 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 our bodies were meant to move. And exercise is a gift. Formal movement is a gift. And I know that you might be thinking, listening and thinking like, what? Why? I don't like to breathe hard. I don't like to sweat. But if you're doing that, and if you are breathing hard, and if you're sweating, then you're, that means you're able to. It means that your body is doing all of the things that God designed it to do. 
and that it's responding to what's called a stress response. When we say I have to work off something that is using exercise or movement as punishment. Why would we punish ourselves? Why would we punish ourselves for a wonderful, beautiful experience with our friends? And why do we want to view exercise as punishment? Again, exercise is something you get to do. It's not something you have to do. And this is something that I've been working on with my phrasing. I don't have to go work out this morning. I'm like, oh, I get to go in the gym. Or if I'm not like super excited about it, because even as a personal trainer, I'm not always excited about it. I had a strength workout this morning and I was like, ugh. I kind of don't feel like it, but I'm just going to, I'm going to do this because I know I won't regret it. And I know it's good for me now and in the future, but God gave us these bodies to do these incredible things and to go up and down and side to side. And some people are super lucky and they can do all of those like crazy movements in the athletic catalogs. I cannot, I cannot (laughs) or online, but some people can do that. And that's awesome. It's not punishment when you can do that. Also, working off your dessert, your meal, whatever, the appetizer, that really turns into a lot of exercise. I don't like to focus on calories here. And actually, the science has been updating and changing with regard to caloric burn and what that means. But in general, I mean, this varies, this really does vary from person to person based off of your fitness level and your size and I mean, muscle mass and all of that kind of stuff. But In general, if you felt like you had to work off 500 calories, that is the equivalent of like walking or running five miles or doing something for about an hour, like moderate exercise for about an hour. And then while we're doing this, we probably have what I call the inner mean girl. And I talked about that on a previous episode. You've got your inner mean girl being like, go harder, faster, more, 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 more. And she's like pinging you. And she's creating those neural, those negative neural pathways again, the ones that we are wanting to not have. We do not want those trails in our head. Really, who has time for this? Like if you're trying to work off a big meal and you think you're going out, I'm like, who has time to go exercise for two hours? I don't. I certainly don't. I don't really exercise for more than about 40 minutes on a daily basis. So when we say, oh, I've got to work that off, then we're we're setting ourselves up for a whole lot of stuff that also could potentially cause injury because if we're moving our body too much, that can result in what's called overtraining syndrome. And we don't want that because then our body's like, wait, 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 too much, too much, too much, too much. The other thing is, and this might be a little hard to hear, and I'm going to say this with such gentleness because I have been there too. I have absolutely been there too. Feeling like you have to work off dessert or your meal is a disordered eating thought. Now, disordered eating is something where basically we are not eating in a way that God designed us to. God designed us to eat when we're hungry and to stop when we are satisfied or full and to not worry too much about that. So according to the National Eating Disorders Association, disordered eating can be any of these. It's it's not limited to, but it can be like a super rigid food and exercise regime. It can be feelings of guilt or shame when you're not able to maintain that regime. It can be a preoccupation with food or body or exercise that has an impact on your quality of life. Like it's invading other areas of your life. It might be compulsive eating 
or compulsive dieting, or compulsive measures to make up food consumed. So even in that official definition by NIDA, the National Eating Disorders Association, they're saying that making up, that might be problematic. So disordered eating is the opposite of intuitive eating, which is something that I have been applying in my own life. It is something that I learned too late in my life. And this is an ongoing lesson that I'm offering to you, to you, because I wish I would have known it. And if you're not familiar with intuitive eating, we'll talk more about that as the as we go on. But basically, that is just trusting your inner body wisdom to make choices about food that just make you feel good. I talk a lot about feeling and functioning well, and intuitive eating supports that. It also allows us to make these choices without judgment or without influence from diet culture, which we've done an episode on diet culture. You can go back and listen to that. The other thing that saying we've got to work something off is it just steals joy from movement. I enjoy moving. I like getting outside and walking in the fresh air. I like lifting heavy things or moving my body and huffing and puffing. Like I actually kind of like that, but I know that that's not everybody's story. And so if we're again, the ping, 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 if we've got that in our head, we're not going to get joy from that movement. We're not going to get joy from doing something that we are enjoying doing or, and maybe we don't enjoy it quite as much in the moment, but after we're like, wow, that was, I did great with that. I'm so proud of myself. Now, if you're sitting here listening and going, but what about the extra calories? What about the extra calories? Here's a few things I want you to remember. Number one, your body and your brain still need energy. Okay. It needed energy when you ate at dinner and it needs energy the next morning. And that includes like, still get up, have your breakfast. Don't punish yourself by skipping breakfast, your brain uses 20% of the carbohydrates that you consume because it needs to think and it needs that what's called glycogen to think and to operate. When we exercise a lot, we're taking that glycogen and using it in our movement and we're taking it away from the brain, especially if you haven't eaten. So Number one, don't skip breakfast if that happens. And number two, your body and your brain still need energy. And they you needed to eat dinner no matter what. Like you had to eat. And so, okay, well, maybe you ate a little bit more than normal. That's fine. But this is also my question. Did you actually eat more than you need? Or are you letting diet culture say, well, that was a bad food and so you shouldn't have eaten it? Because if you went out and had an appetizer and had dinner and had dessert, but then really just kind of stopped because you're like, all right, I'm done. I've had enough and you're not overstuffing yourself, then that's all you need to do. That is one of the basics of intuitive eating is just listening to your body's signals, eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're like, all right, that's good. I'm fine. And I know that's easier said than done. That's something you guys, I'm still learning to do. But when we start, I so wish I would have started implementing this many, many, many years ago. So if you're like, but if you're talking back to me right now, and that's okay, if you are, you're like, yeah, I did. I ate too much. Then maybe this is an invitation to tune back in with your body to next time you eat, then think about, okay, am I hungry? And then stop when you're full, whatever it is that you're having, like, just go ahead and stop. And one meal of eating too much, it's it's just not the end of the world. 
It doesn't, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean you're not healthy. It doesn't mean you're not going to accomplish your goals. It just means that that meal you had a little bit too much and that's okay. That's okay. And I would actually even say, because you hopefully laughed, because you had that connection with friends, because you had all of these other positive experiences, you're probably still coming out ahead, even if you had more food than what your body needed. Like, let's think about all of these things holistically, like all of them together. Taking care of ourselves is so much more about what you eat and how you exercise. That is one component of it, but that is one of many, many, many. So keep that in mind. You're like, you're probably still doing okay. You know, if you're sitting here thinking, gosh, I just blew it with it. I'm just here to tell you, you didn't blow it. There's nothing to blow. It's we're learning. We are figuring out how to fuel ourselves. We are figuring out how to eat the foods that make us feel well, that make us function well or help us function well. It's kind of like if you have a math test and whenever you get the test back, if you have to go through and make corrections on the things that you got wrong, you're probably going to learn them more. So we learn and our lessons come from the mistakes, not necessarily from all of the things that we did well or right just chalk it up as a learning experience and move on. Give yourself some grace and move on. So in summary, don't punish your body for beautiful, positive experiences. If it was wonderful in other ways, that's great. Most importantly, we want to honor our body. We want to feed her. We want to give her sleep. We want to have those connections, those interactions, that laughter, nothing beats a good laugh nothing beats a good laugh. So my challenge to you is actually, what if you could grab a couple friends and go have a dinner and just enjoy it? And then my double dog challenge, if <laughs> which I know is so corny to say, my extra challenge is don't talk at all about if this food is good or bad or healthy or unhealthy, because all food is food. There are no morals and just enjoy the time that you have with your friends. Okay, that's all for today. Take today's lesson and go out there and live the life God has for you and your amazing original body. Thanks for tuning in today. Do you have a question you would like answered here on the Lessons to My Teenage Self podcast? If so, go to the show notes where you will see an anonymous form you can fill out and that question may be answered here on the show. Also, if this show is valuable to you, could you do one of two things that are enormously valuable to me? Number one, share it with a friend. Just take a screenshot, send it to her, or you can go to the show and send it straight from there. Also, if you can provide a rating and review, particularly if you listen to your uh, podcasts in Apple Podcasts. Thanks again and see you next time.